phones at the ready. Hi, and welcome to the Three Broom Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Marianne. And I'm Elizabeth. And today, we're going to be talking about your fave, Herm. Herm. Hermione Granger. Yes. Elizabeth gets really upset when we call her Herm. Yeah, she does. I don't like it. Hermie. But this, it's a cute little pet name for her. What is She's it? like her bestie. It sounds, I don't know, it, to me it sounds like a fat animal. <laughs> what does Grop call her? Hermie, right? Hermie. Yeah. <laughs> We could be wrong. Someone correct us. We're always wrong. <laughs> Speaking of corrections. I don't know why we have a Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since we are a relatively new podcast and we are human, we make mistakes. I wanted to go over some things we probably misspoke in our teaser episode. Sorry about that. I'm it's not a- sorry. It's okay. All right. So one of the first mistakes that we made that I made actually it's Niantic not Niantics it was you know that's an okay mistake I pointed it out during editing and I felt so proud that I realized a mistake and Elizabeth didn't because I yeah I'm the grammar Nazi and I literally did not hear it at all it's fine okay so, the next mistake that we made in regards to Wizards Unite is it's Constance Pickering is our... Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. Not Penelope. Yeah, it's... That con- was my fault. Sorry. It's okay. It's Constance Pickering as our aide, not Penelope. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Penelope is Grimm's wife. Yes. And I now know who Grim Folly is, so we, got we this. came full circle. <laughs> this is what happens when we play more of the game, not just five days in. Yeah, right? <laughs> and another, all these mistakes are mine, I just noticed. No, no. Penelope was mine. Yeah. Okay, okay. So our last mistake that at least we were able to catch was when I was talking about Universal Studios Orlando. The train leaves from King's Cross Station. Not from Diagon Alley, everyone. It's a very important distinction. Yeah, even in your Universal. Shout like, out to Raul, Elizabeth's husband. Yes. <laughs> he got that mistake. He did. That's why he's the MVP. And I'm not just saying that because he's my husband. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Hermione, and we're going to try really hard to not make any mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay because we're human. So if you find any mistakes that we mentioned today about Hermione, please let us know. Anyways, so... This episode is very near and dear to my heart, personally, because... Is it because you're Hermione Granger? Literally. I don't think I am Hermione Granger. Okay. Is your Patronus? Hermione is my Patronus. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, for those of you who have never seen Elizabeth or know Elizabeth dearly, um, but she is literally... She, is, she will never say it. Because she's humble. But she is Hermione Granger. Like, one, she's obsessed with Harry Potter to the point that, like, if Hermione was a Harry Potter fan, she would be obsessed with Harry Potter. Like, just imagine that. That would be Elizabeth. She has curly hair like Hermione Granger. Just as messy, too. Yes. It it's just, it's literally perfect. And then she married Raul, who's basically like. Harry Potter. Well, glasses, yes, he looks like Harry Potter, but dad jokes like Ron Weasley. I'd like to think that me and Raul are actually a beautiful mesh of the golden trio. Yes. All in one couple, for sure. Yes, me and my husband are really three people. (laughs) (laughs) That's so bad. So anyways. I'm I'm so sorry, Raul. The point is that Liz really likes Hermione. Yeah. I was going to say Harry, but I was wrong. (laughs) 
more than all of us. So we're going to start talking about her in Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, wherever it is that you come from. Okay, so I would like to point out a fun fact about Hermione. So Hermione, her name comes from the female derivative of Hermes. <gasps> he is the Greek messenger god known for his sharp wit and ability tra- to transition between worlds. <gasps> um, I didn't know that. She's a muggle. Yeah. yeah. Where is it? I never noticed that, like before. Well, it's, it's not really obvious because her name is Hermione. Like, yeah. We, but I think we, when we first read this book, we were just so stuck on like, what is this girl's name? How do you okay. pronounce it? Everyone says that. I never had a problem pronouncing her name. Oh, I for sure did. Really? I yes. Did. Just I like, was like this is Hermione Granger. Just like R. Like I would just read. I would look. It do was, you mean R? I don't know. We already discussed my insecurity <laughs> with the word. What are you saying? Hit wizards. Hit wizard. Whatever I would say, the hit wizard word, I would just kind of like, <laughs> photo- my photographic memory would just look at it and be like, okay, that. Like, I wouldn't actually okay. say it in my mind palace. But can I make a point specifically to Elizabeth? Yes. Hermes, the Greek messenger god, sounds a lot like Hermes. So I feel like you can't get mad when we call her that. <laughs> I don't like it. It reminds me of a big, fat animal. Okay. And what's wrong with big, fat animals? Nothing, but it's not Hermione. Exactly. Moving on. Okay. So, hold on. Before we move on, the main reason why I have a problem with the name Herm or Hermy is because, okay, I'm picturing a really fat, oversized animal with, like, Hermione's (laughs) wig on top of it. Herm. It's like, what Ron would see if it was, like, a bogger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why don't you just think of, like, a hermit crab? Nope. <laughs> and now I'm picturing a hermit crab with a baby's hair. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. So we're going to talk about Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, the first book. Because that's where we start. So. Oh, you guys know this is my favorite part. When the, Hermione. The first part? Yeah. Yes. The first book? Yes. When Hermione walks in on the train. I'm sorry. I don't remember that scene. Can you do it for us again? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyways, <clears throat> um, what really stuck out to me that was impressive is that when we meet Hermione, she's literally already tried spell work. Yeah. Like we literally haven't even met her. She's been doing spells. She's the biggest overachiever. <sighs> she's such a Ravenclaw. I personally do not agree with that statement. I mean, obviously she was a Gryffindor, but the Ravenclaw properties are there. Yes. She no. was almost a hat stall. Yeah. She, Should we explain a hat stall? I think so. Okay, For some so, of our readers who might not know what it is. Yeah. So a hat stall is basically when the sorting hat is sitting on top of someone's head trying to do its own business, and it's like, I don't know where to put you, bro. And then it just kind of sits there for a while. But there is, on Pottermore, there's like a limit to it. I think it has to be five minutes that the hat doesn't know what to do with you to be considered a hat stall. Hermione was not, but she was close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was pretty close. I think that um, there must have been like some foundation really hardcore in her DNA, like the way she was brought up or something, that the sorting hat kind of knew. And by the end of the book, we see why she was perfect for Gryffindor. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. she has all those attributes, and I think that's yeah, what course. people forget with the houses, that 
Um, just because you're in one house and your like strength is bravery doesn't mean that you can't also be smart or loyal Absolutely. or cunning. I mean, look at Neville. He didn't really prove himself brave, right, until yeah. later on in the series. So I think just to, like, I'm, I'm going to jump a little bit on, like, my point here. But I know for a fact for me, the moment I think that it really, she earned kind of her stripes when it came to Gryffindor was Halloween when the troll was loose in the bathroom, instead of saying the truth and what actually happened, she took all the blame for herself. She was brave in that sense and yes. chose friendship over her intelligence. She chose loyalty. Yeah. Which people, I think, sometimes forget. Like, it's not just that you're brave. Gryffindors are loyal. Yeah. Not as loyal as Hufflepuffs, but, but yeah. still, like, you need some sort of, like, really hardcore loyalty in order to be brave. In that kind of scenario when it comes to your friends. I think that's when, for me, she really proved to be a Gryffindor and not a Ravenclaw. I think but in general, that is when, like, she really, to the audience in general, showed her Gryffindor colors. Yeah. I think more so before, everyone's like, why the hell is this girl in Ravenclaw, like, I mean, in Gryffindor? I don't even speaking. Mm. But, like, why is she in Gryffindor? She's all about her books. She's all about being the smartest person in the room. Like, what is she doing here? And then here she is, like taking the fall for her friends and one of them is literally the person who put her in that position in the first place yeah ronald weasley she if you look at me like that when saying his name one more time you don't have b <laughs> she could have i this could just be a debate and i'm just thinking out loud but she could have probably even been slithering if we were just analyzing that fact as well because there are moments where she kind of but isn't that kind of the point Right. That, like, yeah, you that's have a little bit of all four houses. Yeah, in you. that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like mm, it's JK. just it's just a debate in that sense because if you look at how the way she acts in the classroom, where mm -hmm. she's very competitive, like you also see that those little pieces of all the houses within yeah. these characters. Yeah. Okay, so I want to skip. So as, if you've listened to any of us talk before, then we probably mentioned the Google Doc that we use to do these episodes. <laughs> And I super want to skip ahead one bullet point to Marianne's beautiful note that says, Hermione noticed the dirt on Ron's nose. Why are you looking so close, girl? <laughs> also, Marianne is literally <laughs> screeching when Ron gets hit by the white face at the chess game. Hashtag, she's in love. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Okay, I read this. You put a hashtag in our Google Docs. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Great. I would just like to say, there's a gotta look at Pottermore. Forgot the title of the article, but there's this really great article that just defends um, Rod and Hermione's relationship good. and how good. good. Because yeah. someone else should have done a better job. You would think, right? Mm -hmm. But her, it just shows all the signs where Rod and Hermione really did like each other <laughs> since like the beginning. I feel like that is the most over analytical thing I've ever seen. Why is she looking at the dude with nose? <laughs> Because she's already like, look at that hot stuff right there. Literally, I love it. Yeah, look at that hot stuff. <laughs> Watch, girl. In four years, he's going to be real fine. I've got a lot of notes like that, so just get ready. <laughs> okay, so do you really think that she is the cleverest witch of her age? Absolutely. Hell, yes. Oh, my God. We are a PG family podcast. We're <laughs> on. Heck yes. <laughs> so, anyways. Okay, well, I guess we all kind of agree on that one. I actually want to talk about, like, Everyone always talks about Hermione and, like, how absurd she is when you first meet her. She's like, I've already done these spells, and I've already, they've all worked yeah. for me, yeah. and I can do this, and I can do that. 
And people forget, and I love, I read a fan theory one time. It's not really a theory, but someone was literally like, take a moment to be in Hermione's shoes. If you just got your Hogwarts letter and you found out you were a witch or a wizard, how would you react? I, I would. I would be Hermione. I'd literally you, be Yeah, like, you would. For sure. I don't think I would have. I think I would have been a rock. <laughs> I would have been ghosted it. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Not like, like, I would have been excited, but I wouldn't have been on the train like, hey guys, I've already tried spells. What's up? Who are you? What's that dirt on your nose? I think I would have been like, hi everybody, want to be friends? This is going to sound so cliche since we all like kind of decided that you were Ron and I'm the Harry and uh, you're the Hermione, <laughs> but... I would be Harry. I would be somewhere in between where it's like, Are you I, yes, like I would be really into some stuff and other stuff. I'm like, uh, Hermione. So I would have 100% help. made friends with a kid who had all the money to buy the food. That would have been me. Oh <laughs> yeah. <on> purpose. <laughs> I guess I would be like a Hermione then because like my first instinct when like, I'm going to go do something, something new and exciting for the first time. I literally spent Hours on end researching it. I need to know. Yes. Yeah, for I sure. Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> no, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Watch SpongeBob. It's good too. I might start a podcast. <laughs> so I guess I really am like the Hermione of our group because mm-hmm. I would literally yeah. sit there and like do research on end, like. It's when true. when when I was getting ready like for our wedding, I w- I spent hours like hours and hours, days and days, weeks and weeks researching every aspect about planning a wedding, all the different websites that you can use, like everything that you can do. Like I have no idea like what I was doing. What? <laughs> and I had like these like moments of brilliance, not brilliance, but like moments of inspiration, where like when I was inspired to like follow my career, I all of a sudden needed to spend three weeks doing never-ending research on my career. Really? Yes. And Dude. I literally opened, like, a hundred tabs, and I, I am on Google for hours on end. I'll be on Google until, like, five in the morning researching, like, all the steps I need to take, like, everything I need what? to do. I mean, we've seen this. I'm so Chrome on all her tabs. Literally, yes. But literally, I was like, maybe I'll be a zookeeper. And then I was... <laughs> Wow. I'm wow. so Ronald. I would also like to mention that... No, it was really hard becoming a zookeeper, everybody. <laughs> it's really... It's an important it's job. And it's work. You know, I just decided on, on, a, on a win. Right, <laughs> I would also like to mention um, another reason why I think... I think another reason why Hermione naturally just went all in when it came to learning and this knowledge and whatnot was... Think of if you're in her shoes, where majority of the people going to this school come from wizard families, even if it's, like, not two parents. You feel behind. Yeah. Yeah. So she's probably trying to catch up. And then when she gets there, like, she wants to show other people that, you know, it don't look at my background. I am more than my background. I'm caught up to your, your exact knowledge. So when... One example that I have is the legendary Wingardium Leviosa scene. Um, legendary? Yeah. It is legendary. Everyone, you can quote that scene. When God, Wingardium Leviosa. It's my not really... Leviosa, it's Leviosa. Exactly. The movie quote is, not the book quote. <laughs> okay, Hermione. But, so what I'm trying to say is that when she's trying to 
correct Ron. I think it's coming more from a place that she wants to show off. Not show off, but she wants to show that, you know, I know just as much as you, especially to Ron, who is a pure blood wizard. And she's only coming from that place because she wants to be accepted as well. Yeah. She, she wants, wants to, to be an equal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Everybody she wants to fit in. Yeah. I so guess, she, maybe? she, uh, yeah. At 11 for sure. For sure. And when, now, in, like, a, in a brand new school, she probably didn't have that many friends before that as well, like in elementary and God, you don't not know. just elementary. Daughter of the dentist, she might have been super popular. I mean, maybe, but if she would, if she put the same amount of effort into her studies with yeah. her mobile studies rather than her magical studies, she could have had the same issues that she did in Hogwarts, and now she finds this whole other part of herself, and she's like, oh my God, I have this new opportunity in life. <laughs> To, you know, I don't know, but... Make friends? Yeah, to make <laughs> friends. And then she's tries her best to put all her eggs in a basket to do better in this world. And, you know, she feels that she has to be equally intelligent in order to make friends. But that's not necessarily the way. But when you're 11, you don't really think that. Like, you're just trying to... That's true. I'm pretty sure Hermione, again, was like me when she was in, like, normal mogul school. And in which she was the teacher's pet. Yeah. I was yeah. a teacher's pet, too. See, and, but no one likes you when you're the teacher's pet. No, I know. Nobody likes me. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes me. Yeah. It's okay, though. I have friends and now. And now we all love each other. It's a... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so something that happens in the first book that I thought was kind of cool, and it's maybe kind of like foreshadowing. So she bursts into the scene, as Elizabeth has already demonstrated for us, and she's <laughs> talking about Neville's toad, and she's, like, trying to help this poor kid out. And it just kind of reminded me of when she's trying to help the house elves in Spew. I will never say S-P-E-W. It's Spew. And it just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I thought it was a cool bit of foreshadowing. Like, it starts yeah. off that she's, like, helping the little guy, and she's still helping the little guy by before. Yeah. You know? She's just channeling it into a different arena. Another reason why I think she was always truly Gryffindor. Oh, because she was, like, sticking up for the little guy. Yeah. Like, bravery. Always. Bravery. Yeah. It's really hard to run a podcast where it's one Ravenclaw and two Gryffindor. Sorry. Sorry. And it's really hard that all of these characters are Gryffindors. Hey. I can't wait till we get to, like, the Luna Lovegood episode. We'll be like, what's up, guys? <laughs> we will not be talking about Cho Chang. <laughs> she can go in a corner and cry. I'm really sorry if you're a fan of Cho Chang, but if you want to change your mind... Hit us up and let us know why you like Cho Chang. Because I don't think any of us do. <laughs> no, no. And if you like Cho Chang, it Hater. better be book Cho Chang and not movie Cho Chang. <laughs> it better be book Cho Chang. No, no okay. No, I'm and sorry. That, book Cho Chang is even worse. I mean, she's annoying, but at least she did it. At least she wasn't Marietta, which is basically Marietta what she was in the movie. Oh, that's true. Sorry. We're not there yet. Okay. We're, we're wanna, getting actually, distracted. I wanna, Very passionate. I want to do a whole episode on Marietta Edgecombe, but I don't I haven't pitched it to you guys yet, but it's in the works. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Lord. It's the title, the working title is Hermione and the Savage Marietta Edgecombe. <laughs> or backwards, I forget. That's weird. Yeah. Okay, I just want to briefly, <laughs> this is probably the one of the funniest moments of Hermione in the first book, and it's literally... Oh, the quote? Yes. I was going to go there. <laughs> I hope you're pleased with yourselves. We no. could all have been killed. No. Or worse, expelled. Give it to me, her. <laughs> that is honestly the best words ever written in the English language. For sure. The end. I don't think I actually, like, caught on to that quote until, like, the hundredth time I probably read the book. And, what? like, because I'm Hermione. Hermione. I didn't I didn't see anything was wrong with it. Oh, my and it was, God. Uh, it wasn't, I think, and until the me. movie she came out. And then there's me. She needs to soar. 
I can't do an English accent. Got that. She needs to sort out her problems. Her priorities. Her priorities. <laughs> Is that your English accent? That's like more Cockney. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. more Cockney. More well, Cockney. I don't like There we go. That's a little bit better. <laughs> Priorities. Play it back. <laughs> sorry if there's any UK fans out there. It's You're been a while so since I've sorry. taken a dialect class. A lot of people on our Instagram are from the United Kingdom, so you better apologize to each and every one of them. I people. just did. I just did. Where was it? Where was it? If you don't know why me and Marianne keep saying that, uh, do yourself a favor, log on to the Google and look up Puffs. It's a fantastic play. Pay the $13. It's so good. We'll have another episode all dedicated to this uh, beautiful, amazing play. They're not paying us for that advertisement. Not at all. all. If you wrote Puffs, if you're in Puffs, if you've seen Puffs. I'm a huge fan. (laughs) We're huge fans. And also, if you wrote Puffs and you're listening to us, I'm also a Gator alum. What? 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 I went to the University of Florida for like a year. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even apply I'm sorry and there are the three levels <laughs> so Marianne you have a list here that I want to read it says the very short list of things Hermione sucks at I have <laughs> <laughs> I just really like reading your notes they're hilarious thank you I have to mention this because let's be real these are rare fun finds <laughs> Pottermore literally lists her skills at Almost everything. Yeah, so if you go to the Pottermore page for Hermione Granger, or well, I think it says Hermione Jean Granger, if you want to get real technical, um, it says skills almost everything. And I <laughs> died reading that. I was like, what? And then it's as true. yeah, and, and then as I'm doing research, I'm like, wow, there's really like five things throughout the seven books, seven years that she sucks at. So I'm like the very short list of things Hermione sucks at. That's the title, and that well, this is gonna be like a mini series a in mini the series? a mini series in the episode. In the episode, we're gonna get to like different books, and you're gonna see me pop up, and it's gonna be like coming back at you. The very short list of things that Hermione okay, sucks so at. The list literally says wizard's chess. Yep, and she sucks at wizard's chess and flying. <laughs> and flying. Well, she's terrified of flying. I yeah. don't really think it's like a skill. I think it's a Fear. Yeah. Uh, man? Yeah. She's yeah. Terrified. She's like, like I think she I think she does it as a necessity, but then when she, doesn't, she doesn't have to do, do it, it, she doesn't do it. Which is kinda like leading into my point is so skip all the way to the seventh book, right? Is yeah, the seventh book. Yeah. Somebody takes her on a festival because she doesn't even want to get on the broomstick because she's so bad at it. Yeah, and the only reason why yeah. she's going on the festival is because she was forced on one yeah, in but order also, of the Phoenix. Yeah. Yes, but also my beautiful one wife. He, when they're in the room of requirement, they're trying to define the lost tides in a Ravenclaw who gets her on that broomstick. Wan Wan. Can you please stop with the Wan Wan? <laughs> yeah, it's really, really grossing me out. Whatever, guys. Anyways, so yes, two things that she sucks at. And another thing to support Ron and Hermione being together at JK Rowling. At JK Rowling. Um, just to say, she sucks at Wizard's Chess, but she still plays with Ron. Yeah. And she's competitive, so you know there's something else there. I honestly wish no that everybody could see the hand gestures that are happening around your mic right now. What? Yeah, right. we're very passionate about the Ron and Hermione ship, so. Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I love about Hermione in this first book is how much growth she has literally from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. 
I think out of all three of the Golden Trio, she makes the biggest transition. Like, when we first meet yeah. her, she is the know-it-all, the snob, the the Miss Prefect, like or the Miss Head Girl. No one liked her. Yeah. Like, I didn't even like her, and I'm her. That's probably why I didn't like her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In other way. Absolutely. Let's no. be honest. And then at the end, here she is, literally, like, she's the only level-headed one in while they're getting the Sorcerer's Stone, she helps them through the double snare. She's the one who figures out Snape's riddle for the potions. And she's willing to break all of these rules, which Hermione, day one, would have never, never done. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. And she's literally doing all of that just for her for her friends. And this is in less than a year. Like, this less is an amazing. Year. This is a year, yeah. Yeah, And this is a big, like, development for an 11-year-old to yeah. go through. Like, think about that change. Well... There's yeah. a lot of things for 11-year-olds to go through in this book. That's true. And I would have died. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us were cut out to be in Hogwarts during this time period, which is why we were born during this time period. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Dumbledore keeps saying they sort too early. Maybe it's because our letter is coming. They really sort at 25. Maybe. I'm still waiting. You know what it is that every September 1st, I'm like... Do-do-do-do-do. I see a bird flying. I'm like... <gasps> Alright, so I think that we can move on to Chamber, Chamber of Secrets, Secrets. Okay. which is a perfect introduction to, to the world of blood statuses and how it affects their society. Like, Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. I was like, I mean, I was going for a fun fact, and you're here, like, with the cold hard facts. Because <laughs> well, this is where, for me, like, it really got dark for Hermione in the yeah, second book. I agree. And it pushed her to do a lot of things that I, I don't think she would have done just yet. I think eventually, like, the whole polyjuice potion and the breaking all the rules and all that stuff, I think eventually, like, adult Hermione would have done it. Yeah. But I feel like she was pushed there because of what was happening at the school and what was going on with all the blood status stuff. Exactly. Damn, so I, boy. Yeah. I didn't mean to make it so dark so quick, but it, it did. No, but it sets the tone. Yeah. It, it's, it's a well huge... The Chamber of Secrets. It's a huge part of Chamber of Secrets. Which, We're being, like, such a children's novel still. Like, mm-hmm. the books didn't really transition to more of a young adult novel yeah. until Goblet of Fire, but Chamber of Secrets has some dark stuff for, yeah. mm-hmm. like, Which, kids. This is the movie that I've watched the most out of all of them. Because there was a summer where it had come out on VHS, and every single day I would go to my grandmother's house, because she used to take care of me like during summer when there yeah. was no school, and that's all I would do was watch Chamber of Secrets. It's a good movie. A lot of people hate on this movie and this book, and I don't understand why. I just got sick of it. Like, my older well, self, yeah. like, now I'm like, oh, God, Chamber of Secrets, because I literally watched it a thousand times in summer, and I'm just like, Bleh. It just has so many political themes. Like, we're not talking about... It's so many political themes. It's Mary, true. Mariette is here with the whole hard <laughs> I'm not letting it go, and I love it. It's true. I don't know. It's... I think that's just the power in writing and why I love J.K. so much, except for the whole Ron Hermione thing. But <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to let that go. I mean, I have other issues with her. Yeah. Why'd you kill Syria? <laughs> But anyways, I think that's just the reason why I touched upon it so quickly. No, I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, what was your fun fact? Oh, well, that was my fun fact that I watched it like a thousand times that summer. Oh. The VHS was also green. It was? Yes. I only ever had the DVDs. I mean, I could be lying to you, but I'm pretty sure I remember it being green. Are you confusing it with like the Rugrats VHS? Yeah. Like orange. <laughs> I might be confusing it with the mask. An all-time classic. Check it out. It stars Cameron Diaz and what's his face? Jim Carrey. Okay, so if okay, so Hermione comes. <laughs> just wait. 
I need to stop laughing at my notes. <laughs> They're just so good. Thank you. It's the only way I function. You're so welcome. I want to release. If you are interested in reading notes, <laughs> raw from the Google Doc, hit me up on Instagram and I will get them to you. I will get you screenshots. All right, so I think that one thing that we see in the Chamber of Secrets is I wrote her brainiac tendencies. Uh, they're always coming in handy, but I think this really, in this book, it cements as part of her persona, but it's the first time that she's applying it to actually break school rules and, like, get some shady stuff. Yeah, with the polyjuice potion. Yeah, 100%. I would also like to mention that even though this doesn't qualify to this, the very short list of oh. things that <laughs> Hermione oh. sucks at, she did make a mistake with the polyjuice potion. That that's was not on purpose. It was, it was perfect. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't but qualify for the short actually, list. Actually, I'm so excited that you're talking about this right now because I just watched this movie on the Harry Potter movie marathon. On sci-fi? Yes. Hey, if you want to hit us up for advertising. Sponsorships. So anyways, what really bothers me, if you've ever looked at your sweater, can you not pick out the cat hair from the human hair? You can. A thousand for sure. How did sure. not, like, how did this not register to her? So it that's what very I'm, different. So that's what I'm saying, that even though, it, I, for yeah. me, it specifically didn't qualify for the very short list of things that Hermione sucks at, it still was a mistake. And that's really fun to find, those, like, little small and, moments of flaws for Hermione. That yeah. she's actually human. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was fun. And also... <laughs> so that was fun. So that was fun. And then Jenny makes a good point because she's also the one that figured out about the basilisk and how the basilisk got around with the pipes. I would just like to say... I, I don't think it's ever, like, outlined very well how big of a moment this is for Hermione. Yeah. Here's a school with... <laughs> a bunch of idiots at the helm, apparently. No. Think think about who's heading the school. It is Albus Dumbledore, Minerva McGonagall, like, Flitwick, Snape, all these brilliant minds. And they couldn't and figure it out. 12-year-old girl it just makes it so hard is to the one who figures out that there's a basilisk. Because okay, the only reason why I wait, does she actually figure out that it's a basilisk? Or yes, that they, that she does. A pipe for transportation. No, she, she rips out a page. She right, figures out the, that it's a basilisk, basilisk she and she figures out that it's in the pipes. Yep. All right, got it. Yeah, yeah. She she literally did all this math where people for fifty years and probably even longer. Could not figure out who the monster of Slytherin was. Okay. Yeah. Or what it was. All yeah, these brilliant minds. Yeah. Elizabeth skipped the best part of your note. No, you don't have to say that. You do have to say that. Nine-year-old, <laughs> nine-year-old Flarian is still shook. She pretty much just said it. That no, it, it's true. She never gets that credit. And never. Well, if, you know what? We're giving it to her today. Yeah. If that would have happened in a real school. Like in a real school, in a real school well, something all, some, everybody would have been fired. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. As a teacher, <laughs> first hand experience, like if you as a teacher or an administrator or a dean or a principal or whatever can't figure out what's going on in your own school for fifty years, like plus plus, oh god. Oh I'm not gonna even say anything. You can imagine what could happen. Alright, so I feel an argument brewing. So, I know this might be, like, a little controversial, but I don't think Hermione is as emotional as Harry or Ron might be. I have a huge issue with this. Okay. I think she's super emotional. What do you do? Okay, so the only reason why I'm saying that Hermione's not emotional, I'm not saying she's not an emotional person, like, she doesn't have, like, a lot of feelings or emotions 
what I'm really more saying is like she's very good about not getting swept up in the hysteria okay. of situations. Yes, I agree. And you really see it clearly That's in Chamber of Secrets, and you really see it clearly later on in Deathly Hollows, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on, and both Harry and Ron get so swept up in like people are being petrified. Oh my god, I'm I speak to snakes. Oh my god, like yeah. all this is going on that no one can think clearly, and she's the only person who can come in and actually analyze the situation. And I think that's the reason why Hermione was actually even able to figure out the basilisk is because mm-hmm. she had access yeah. to all of the information. She knew that Harry was a parcel tongue. So I really think Hermione was able to parse out, parse out, parcel tongue. <laughs> <laughs> but I really think she was able to like actually be able to see everything clearly. So that's the only reason why I'm saying she's not emotional. Maybe I wouldn't say emotional. Maybe I'd say like. Yeah, that was my issue is that you were saying that she wasn't emotional because she is. But she yeah. knows how to compartmentalize. Yeah. Yes. That's just her ability, right? It's yeah. kind of one of her little superpowers. It's like, yeah. in a lot of places in the book, she's like, mm, no, we can't react to that just yet. Like, let's keep going. And then she'll circle back and feel her feelings. There is one moment that she does, but we haven't gone there yet. So I'll I'll put a pin on it. <laughs> Mary just saying. Metaphorically, like in the air, put a pin on it. Just so you know. Bing. Bing. Since I'm talking, I would just like to mention... <laughs> That there's something that we don't talk about enough. It's not on the short list, again, but she did have a crush on Gilderoy Lockhart. I and would I, argue that that is on the short list. It could be. It's one of her flaws. It is one of her flaws because it proves that even the brightest of witches can get swooped up over their childhood crushes and not see through these boys. Like, these boys. Yeah. Do like you know boys. what boys these, we're talking about. These boys. But you know what I'm saying? So it's like she was just lost in it and so excited in it and she could not tell the, like, the facade. So it's just so interesting to me. I think it's just like like J.K. Rowling's little like ode to like what a typical 12-year-old girl would do. Uh, yeah. Because think it's we grew Gildor, up in we grew up in the Twilight area. Yeah. Area. 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 Uh, it, was, it felt like an area. I was going to say it was like Gilderoy Lockhart is like our Jonas Brothers. Uh, I was gonna go straight Twilight because Twilight that Twilight hysteria was gross. Yeah, <laughs> gross. there was a lot. It was, and it was kind of like how everyone was feeling for Gilderoy. Like mm-hmm. people were fangirling a little too hard. I guess you could say that about the Jonas Brothers too. Oh, for sure. Back. And then, last but not least, to top off the Chamber of Secrets, I would just like to mention the moment in the movie where. Hermione just rushes into the Great Hall. You see her come in. She hugs Harry passionately because she hasn't seen her best friend in forever. And then all of a sudden, she sees Ron. But she's like, nope. No music for you. I'm just going to handshake you because we're not going to talk about our feelings. Even though they're kind of there, but we unconsciously don't like realize. And that's all. Ron and Hermione are a legit ship. Yeah. At me. <laughs> At me. You know what? It's making me love you even more that you ship them so hard. I do. I really, I honestly really do. I think do. we're probably the three people in the world who ship them the hardest. Yeah. Everybody should ship them that much. If you don't, I still respect you. Like, come at me. I, w- I want to be debated on this subject. Me too. Let's I will go. heavily debate you. 
All Let's right, go. all right. It's heavily debated. Hit us up on Instagram. Are you are you a fan of Harry and Hermione? Are you a fan of Draco and Hermione? Oh, I'm come a at me! I'm I want to know all of the tea. I'm sis. a fan of Tom Felton. Give me that witchcraft. And Emma Watson. Yes, Tom Felton. Yes. Emma Watson all day. It needs to be a okay. Thing. But hit up while you're looking us up on Instagram. Go look at Tom Felton's and find a little Instagram where they're skateboarding together. Yes. Oh my you goodness. So anyway, speaking about stuff that's cool, let's move on to The Prisoner of Azkaban. Hell yeah! One of my favorite books. It was Me too. Book. It was. It was. Mostly because we meet Sirius Black, but this is a Hermione episode, so it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talking about Prisoner of Azkaban, I think this is probably one of the biggest issues that we face in the series as a whole, is Hermione taking these extra classes and these people just giving her a time-turner. That just no. shows how trustworthy she yeah. is. Yeah. I know, I know. She I was know. 13 years old and they were like, okay, that's a huge compliment. I would have never given that time turner to a 13-year-old. Have you met a 13-year-old? Have you met Hermione Granger? Well, I guess we knew Elizabeth when she was 13. <laughs> exactly. Was responsible. I've literally been a mom since I was like 10. <laughs> and I mean, she proves herself in the books, like, that she is a reliable person. Nothing yeah. crazy happened. Yeah. At least in, the, in our eyes. Well, I, I mean, some crazy stuff went down there at the end, but... I don't think that was really her fault, though. Yeah. No, no, the I'm situation. just... I'm just saying it was craziness in general. Yeah. She was responsible with her time turner the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Okay, so I actually have so many feelings about Hermione in this novel. And it's, again, because I'm basically her. <laughs> I just have so many feelings. So many. I just identify her with her so much in this novel because... When I was 13, I was kind of, like, going through the same thing with Hermione where, like, I just really needed to prove myself. You had a time-turner? I would have loved one. Oh. Did you save a hypocrite? No, but kind of, like, that overachieving aspect. Like, yeah. Like Hermione, I spent, like, much of my childhood being really, really good at mostly everything. And I'm just, like, it's, it's what I, it was my mentality. I probably wasn't really good at a lot of things. But in my <laughs> mental state when I was younger, I thought very highly of myself. Mm-hmm. And then middle school came around. And, you know, middle school messes Kids. with you. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> so middle school, like, completely messed with me. Kind of, like, in the same way that, you know, all of a sudden, Hermione comes in taking these electives. And she realizes, like, she's not superhuman. She makes mistakes. Like, she cannot juggle all of these classes. So she wasn't good at divination, and that was a huge, huge problem with Hermione. Like, this was a whole subject that she wasn't good at. She has never not been good at school. Mm-hmm. And, like, while reading it, I was just flashing to, like, me no longer being good at math. Okay. That was, like, around the time period where math just stopped clicking in my brain. And, like, I wasn't bad. Like, I would pass, but it was a struggle, and I wasn't used to struggling. Reading her like suffering through divination was actually a huge problem for me because if you know me I'm super into all things I guess divination like yeah so for me it was such a cool class that they could have added or whatever and I was super into the tea leaves and I was all about it and uh and then she wasn't good at it and I was like her girl for those of you who are catching up this is me. this is another a portion of her little mini series called <laughs> The Very Short List of Things That Hermione Sucks At, Divination <laughs> Divination. Yeah. Which so is a really big one. What are we at now? We are at Four. flying. Flying. Divination. Wizard's Chess. Divination. And that's it. Gilderoy I, Lockhart. I, I, I counted Gilderoy Lockhart. So and Polyjuice Potion if you're counting it too. No. no it wasn't was the potion she was bad at. It, it was, was identifying hair. So, so, <laughs> so five. She's bad at identifying <laughs> animal hair. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> it's just, it's she's the cleverest witch of her age. She couldn't tell I was a cat hair. I'm never going to let this go. Speaking of which, can we all just take a moment to thank Hermione for being an overachiever? Because without this girl being an overachiever, she would have never received the time turner, and we would have never been able to save Sirius Black and Buckbeak. Oh my god. Ever. Do you know that I've never thought of it that way? Yeah. yeah. And, oh my god, if she would have, if, if we wouldn't have saved Sirius Black, that's it. I don't know, we would have had a problem over here. Maybe it, I would have stopped reading the series, who knows? So, we... Wow, I really that know. powerful? I mean, my love for Sirius <laughs> runs really deep. I, I love Sirius Black as well. I, I'm, um, not as much as me. I personally just love the general plot of the Marauders, so maybe I don't love Sirius Black specifically as much as you. It just, like, that is just a huge part of me, and that's why I really love this book in particular. But yeah, so we all need to thank Hermione Granger. When they're debating you about shipping Ron and Hermione, they can debate me about loving Sirius Black more. <laughs> I would, I would also like to mention she basically came up with the majority of the plan on the fly. Like as soon as as soon as oh, I'll, oh, as the soon, time turner plan? Yeah, as soon as mm -hmm. I was Dumbledore was like, hint, hint. She was like, All right, Harry, get inside this time turner. Let's go. I'm gonna throw that rock into the window. We need to get this hippogriff out of this thing. But you get what I'm saying. It really is it's so incredible to me how he literally just had to be like, you know what to do. And that's it. Like, she knew, like, she was able to, like, analyze in her brain, oh, okay, we probably have to go back far. Like, he, he brought us to this time point. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Okay, Buffy. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God, Buffy. Buffy can save Sirius. And she Which does all of this. is another great example of her compartmentalizing her emotions, yeah. right? Because, obviously, she's super distraught when Buffy is first being executed. And then when they go back in time, she learns how to kind of put that all in a little box, put it away, and get through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I liked it. It's just, she's so brilliant. I, I can never live up to her. I always say that I'm like her, but no, she's so much better. Oh my God. We love you, Elizabeth. <laughs> I think I personally can't relate as much to Hermione as Elizabeth can, just because Elizabeth is literally the embodiment of Hermione. But I know one thing that really stood out to me when it came to relating to her was her bogger. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Thank you, because I'm so insecure. But I could personally relate to her boggart, which is the fear of failure. It, it takes the embodiment of Professor McGonagall yelling at her, saying that she's failed all her exams. I can't remember this. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Exam. And I think for me, it's, even though we have, like, spiders, which is a common irrational fear, it, to me, that, the fear of failure is the most human fear that we see within the Harry Potter books. Besides fear itself. Yeah, exactly. Harry. Um, exactly. Harry, right. I'm looking but at Jeff. The Dementor, right? But also um, very important, we know all of these things because of Professor Lupin, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I think just fear of failure is a really common fear amongst anyone. We're yeah. always afraid whether we're going to succeed or not whenever we do something. If you don't have that fear, well, I, I'm jealous of you. I know I personally have that, so, um, that was a really, like, moment that's, great moment that stood out to me. Yeah. Mm. It's really great. So something that I liked in this book, and it kind of still bothers me to this day, is that Ron and Harry were just like, hey, bro, what classes are you going to take? Oh, I'm going to take those classes, <laughs> too. 
And then Hermione was like, well, I'm going to actually educate myself. And she wasn't afraid to kind of branch out and do her own thing. Mm -hmm. And I think as a person, again, Ron Weasley, I'm just so much like, we've got to do this thing together. I can't do it alone. Like, we have to do everything <laughs> together. I have to be with somebody all the time. Codependency. Yeah, that's me. And, uh, and I take care of herd animals for a living. <laughs> but she was just like, yep, I'm going to go do like arithmancy and runes and all these cool things, which are super going to come in handy later. I'm going to see you. Bye. And I super admired her for that. Yeah. She's, She's, yeah. She knows who she is. She had like that little bit of struggle in the beginning. Imagine. But like you're 13 and you just are so sure of yourself. That I would say I identify with her. Like I was always sure of myself. I always knew that I was going to be codependent. <laughs> <laughs> like I just knew it. Speaking of bravery, the slap heard around the world. <laughs> Or if you're a movie fanatic, it's the punch heard around the world. Oh, man. I kind of really love that the movie did it a punch because I feel it so much more. Yeah, it was just perfect. Like, I remember seeing the preview for that movie before it came out. And in the preview, she's punching Draco. And I was like, we got to go see this. <laughs> we have to get to the movie theater right now. And we see it twice, which is even more. Oh, oh my so God. Great. That's right. Yes. It's so great. Uh, Oh, God, Side I just note, love it. Miniseries. Maybe that's when Emma Watson and Tom Felton started falling in love. Oh, for sure. Their scene work together. Well, Emma Watson had a crush on Tom like, for yeah. her childhood. I mean, so did I. <laughs> Tom Felton, if you're listening to this podcast, we I'm love available. You. <laughs> <laughs> follow you on Instagram. Marianne. So this is where you think that, like, we start getting so, subtle hints, or you know, I, I, Ron and Hermione, subtle, subtle. I don't think they were subtle. I don't think they were subtle at all. At least if if you, movie aspect wise, I think the director did a really amazing job. I have no idea if he told. I love that you look at these things. I do. I because, because I don't because you have the knowledge to do this. Yeah, as a just like a theatrical person, I am a director, so I'm analyzing every single thing, like the costumes, the like color scheme. Um, just everything, the body language that's going on and you see it so much starting in this movie. So, you know, kudos to the cast and the director, because I'm not sure if they did that on purpose or it was just something that naturally came to them. Would I'd just like to mention, cause I had to research this just to double check the movie, this movie, 2004 is when a uh, prisoner of Azkaban, the movie came out, which it wasn't even, it was before we start really realizing that Hermione and Ron have feelings for each other. Um, once order the Phoenix and half blood Prince come out. Mm -hmm. So this was way before that had to be a JK thing. Yeah. So that's what really, I, that's yeah. what I, saying that either because you know how, how like uh alan rickman knew how snape's story yeah. was gonna end it had to be something where she was like you've got to start doing that's this. what i that's what i think too yeah, so that's what i'm saying why i'm angry <laughs> and you yeah. know what and maybe this is the perfect time to open up that can of worms yes first of all okay so as everyone has to know or if you haven't heard it yet jk rowling recently came mm. out and basically said that, oh, you know, she kind of regrets putting Ron and Hermione together. That she kind of thinks that Harry and Hermione should have been together from the very beginning. And I would just like to say <laughs> that is total, utter trash. And she was just Ooh, trash fan servicing. Uh, absolutely. I, I have really strong feelings about it, too. I... I don't know if... Uh, I'm sorry. You spent all that time writing that book, editing that book, putting it together, and it never once occurred to you 
Maybe let's not put in these subtle hints here and there. I mean, you could have even put in the hint and then we could have dropped it. It yeah. could have been like an ongoing flirtation that then just didn't go anywhere. But even then, like, I, I didn't mention this before, but the beauty of Hermione is that, you know, she's strong female character, but she's not the lead character. Because the only time, at least at this point when the books were coming out, the only time we ever got a strong female character was when they were the lead. And she wasn't the lead. She was, yeah, the supporting character. She's right by Harry's side. But she's not the lead. She doesn't have the focus on her. So I felt like it would have been a disservice to the character if she would have oh, put Harry and Harry. Hermione. Like, yeah. as if... Yeah, they would have been more of a stronger duo. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would have overpowered, well, I think, Harry's storyline. And well, it might have just made her an object for exactly. Harry to collect yeah. as the protagonist in that story. So it's like, oh, the chosen one obviously deserves the brightest witch of her age. Like, no. Like, oh she's... God, it's like Ron's locket. She's fine being her own person and falling in love with someone who might not be as smart as her, as famous <gasps> as her. It's true. He's it's, just as smart in other ways. In other ways, sure. But we know he's not as famous as Harry Potter. No. no. We know he might not be um, as emotionally intelligent as Harry Potter. And that's okay. That's why Hermione loves Ron. That's why we see it all throughout the books. That's why the director in Prisoner of Azkaban like, starts kind of hinting towards it with just their costumes. You can see their color schemes start matching and then they're deliberately sitting next to each other all the time. Like, it's not Hermione going to sit with Harry. Hermione's sitting next to Ron on the train going to Hogwarts. You know, Hermione's peering into Ron's shoulder while Buckbeak's being quote-unquote executed. This, no, you can't, you can't turn that away. And it just would have been a disservice if she would put Hermione... With Harry. It truly is. I really feel like if Harry and Hermione ended up being a thing, Hermione would have ended up being like Ginny. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You guys, I would like to say that you guys have a very big problem with Ginny, and I don't. I don't have a problem with Ginny. I have a problem with movie Ginny, yeah. not book Ginny. Yes. I, I Which sucks, because I love Bonnie Wright I don't have a as problem a person. with how, how she was played, but... I also don't delve super deep into the detail. I'm a very, like, I watch the movie at the surface, so maybe we can have a whole episode where we discuss that. Oh, we will. Yeah, for sure. Movie, movie commentaries and things. Um, but that's just me. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I'm still just so upset because, like, in my eyes, J.K. Rowling can do, like, no wrong. And mm -hmm. this was the first time, the very first time ever that I was like, I disagree with you. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you saying this? And I was fuming yeah for weeks on end yeah, yeah. i'm still fuming i just she was in charge of how it came out she was in charge of writing i mean she had all that power if she didn't want to put them together she wouldn't have put them together all I mean, that time there was other the stuff i mean people have been asking her for a book about the marauders for how long and she's like sorry there is not a story there i don't want to delve into it i'm not going to do it she would have done the same thing with ron and hermione mm -hmm. okay and i would just like to say the epilogue was written since book one the epilogue has Ron and Hermione ending up together and having children. If they were not meant to be together, if she thought from her very first little napkin that Ron and Hermione weren't going to be a thing, she would have never written it into the epilogue before all the other books were written. Yeah. Lights were dropped. <sighs> Moving on to the Goblet of Fire. <sighs> I, I quoted <laughs> straight from Pottermore. I don't know who wrote this article. You're amazing. But here she said, Oh, hey, is that Hermione arriving at Ron's house before anyone else? Why? Yes. Yes, it is. We looking at you, girl. Hey. We see you. So, I think we can circle back. I mean, I was talking about how she 
becomes involved with Spew um, and becoming kind of like that activist or whatever. But we see it obviously during this book. It's when it develops. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing because not only does it show her willingness to help other creatures, it also shows that she's not afraid to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. And a lot she's of, so I mean, great. think about when you were 14. You didn't want to do anything that was out of the norm. Like you super just wanted to be accepted, which you've already talked about with her. That's one of her driving forces. Mm-hmm. And here she is like, I don't care about any of you people. Like let's help these house And can we mention that in this year... Two other schools came into the yeah. this, like yeah. Hog- to Hogwarts. These are two different cultures. God yeah. knows if she would have been exposed to them, and God knows how they treat their house elves if they even have house elves. Yeah, who Probably knows? Worse. So that's a that's a huge token of bravery. Yeah, boom. Bravery points for you. Yeah, for- so that like, witchcraft. She really is. <laughs> it's really like she's like this era's like suffragette. Like Ooh. yeah. I need somebody, if you're listening to us and you're good at the artsy things, I need Hermione suffragette in a, as art. a suffragette artist. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that already exists. I don't know. I'm going to Google it before I have to re-record this. But if it doesn't exist, it is up on the grain. And we'll, yeah, we'll totally repost it. I'd yes. be totally down to like yeah, see so that on our beautiful page. We're going to get super exposure and be famous. Yeah. So anyways, I, yeah, I think it's great that they kind of delve into this. I think it's great that we didn't just focus on those other two schools coming in and the tribe was like I mean yeah. think of all the stuff that you have to tackle with just those two scenarios right yep. there's people coming to the school from other places now we're competing in the tribe a tournament oh look Voldemort's coming back yeah that's a lot to tackle and I love that JK threw in this other situation where we kind of get to experience a, a, a less magical part of the wizarding world it's kind of gross how they treat those house elves but still important another political theme I will say that when I first watched The Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. that was one of my biggest critiques because I thought the whole oh, Spew storyline like yeah. was so great mm-hmm. and it was such a, a down-to-earth, like, modern-day, like, yeah. s- like, struggle that she put in. Yeah. And we don't get it in Goblet of Fire at all. It's yeah. like we don't see that part of Hermione. And I understand why, again, like how you were saying, so much yeah. happens in Goblet of Fire like, they couldn't even show us the whole, like, the, uh, Quidditch World Cup. Like, we literally saw a few balloons yeah. flying around and that's it. That's so So sad. I totally understand, like, why they did it. It still just makes me really sad. Because I think I it's a huge part to Hermione's character. Yeah. And a reason why, you know, I think she becomes Minister of Magic, like, later on down the road. Spoiler alert. Even so. <laughs> okay, so after all this view stuff, uh, we really see... I guess, yeah, technically Ron and Harry's first little argument. Yeah. Which, okay, so I remember my point. So one of the the better things, I think, well, not the better things. One of the great things about the writing that J.K. gave us with Hermione and Spew was how she forces Harry to become, I think, what is he, treasurer or something like that? Or secretary? What is it? And then Ron's like the treasurer or something like that. But she kind of just forces them to (laughs) do this later. And it's such a great part of the friendship. And that's the part of books that I live for. When you kind of get that every day, this is what their friendship is like. Mm -hmm. That's where I live. And that was great. Yes. I super appreciated that. And that's where we connect to the character. So we need that. So during all of this stuff, we see Ron and Harry have their first kind of fight. Mm -hmm. And something that's 
valiant about her and it touches upon again what I said during Prisoner of Azkaban where she's not afraid to go her own way mm-hmm. it's kind of when Ron and Harry are doing their thing she's like dude I'm Switzerland yeah she's a mediator yeah and she's per- gonna be a good friend to the both of them yeah even though one of them is being dumb yeah per <clears throat> Ronald's bilious Weasley he has some flaws yes <laughs> Some. Some. His list is a little a longer. A small list, a small list. No, no, no. Not very short list like Hermione. His list is definitely longer. It's a very but, medium list. Of but she, reasons. but Hermione, Hermione and Ron, we've seen them bicker so much, mm-hmm. but we can tell in this moment, even though I'm sure Hermione understands Harry maybe a little bit more in this situation and might sympathize with him, she doesn't put that against Ron. Yeah. And yeah. she understands him and because gives him insight. Him. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of that, Ooh, her first romantic endeavor, Consulate. Victor Crumb. Crumb. I think it's so great that Ronald Weasley was such a fan of him. Yes. <laughs> and this is where I think if you were like me and you're kind of missing the subtlety of the beginning of their, you know, like inklings <laughs> towards each other, he's like totally about this guy at the Quidditch World Cup. And then all of a sudden he's at school and he's showing some interest in a girl, Herb. And Ron is like, I hate this guy. This girl is yeah. the worst. Yeah, he's the worst. He's the enemy. You can't be talking to that guy. Undesirable number one. Undesirable number one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think this is a success story, too. Just for any girl who might not be that, like, uh normal definition of beautiful or at least what society might think is a normal definition of beautiful because Victor Crumb was famous at this point like people Super knew who famous. He, people knew who he was he could have gotten any girl in three schools three, three so schools yeah, girl but, her exactly beauty Hermione. and brains <laughs> yes girl yes girl that's the witchcraft oh my god <laughs> But I think it starts to definitely um, shape the framework for her and Ron, which mm. is funny because J.K. wrote that framework. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is such a great moment where, like, she truly knows the her value and her worth when Ron asks her to the Yule Ball as, like, uh, a yeah. last decision. She's like, no, like... You're I feel like in the dust. Like anybody that ever read that passage just sighed heavily. Like, what was Ron thinking? He wasn't. He handled he it is so like, wrong. Ding, 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 ding. He was like the typical boy that does not think. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. But well, when was. it comes to girls, boys think. It's 2019. We gotta say that they do. Okay, they do. But all of us in our hormones do not think. All of us in our hormones. <laughs> Okay, speaking of hormones. Order of the Phoenix. Sassy Harry. <laughs> Can we please, we're going to start off again. Oh my God. Hermione, without Harry, spends the whole summer with Ronald Billius Weasley. Yes. yes. Marianne, honestly, I loved you before tonight. <laughs> it's gotten so much deeper. Yeah, the love is the love is real. All this beautiful Ron Hermione love. I I choose to believe canon in my mind that there was definitely some makeout sesh during that summer without Harry. Mm, no. <laughs> no, it can't be. Well, obviously because there can't be. It was an exaggeration. Okay. Wait. So after spending their wonderful, beautiful, romantic summer together, we find out right before they start school that Ron and Herm are prefects. Yes. It's such then, a great part. And they're yes. together. Ooh, how 
interesting. Mm. And she defends, uh, she defends her lover. <laughs> she defends Ron when uh, coming against Fred and George who are like totally making fun of Ron being a prefect and the idea of that actually happening. So I would just I like know. say that. Hermione as a prefect, there was times where she sort of bothered me. Leave Fred and George alone. Hermione as a prefect was literally a flashback to the first few months of Hermione in Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that, but I'm still giving you this stink eye. What? Just leave Fred and George alone. Yeah. I, I guess my point is is that sometimes she gets a little bit too carried away. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta let stuff slide. You gotta pick your battles. And you just gotta leave Fred and George alone. Those are the two rules. Fred and George, leave them alone. <laughs> pick your battles. Pick your battles. One, two. She gets better. She does get better. But sometimes I was just kind of irritated. There's a couple of times throughout the later books where I just get really irritated with Hermione. And I'll tell you the other one when we get to it, because it's not yet. But her prefects, like, neurosis was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. You know who she reminded me of? Who? Percy. <gasps> when oh, she first that guy. became a prefect, it reminded oh, me of man. Percy and how he's like, I'm a prefect. Follow me. I don't know. Like, I hate him. <laughs> yeah. I hate him for a lot of I never forgave that guy. That just was. Just so that it's clear. That was my Percy impression. Thank you very much. <laughs> Percy you. was like an old British woman who's been an opera singer for 30 years. With horn rimmed glasses. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's funny that she's the prefect, right? And then she has this gigantic rebellion yes. against. Dolores Umbridge, the worst character ever mm. written in the history of characters in time. Dolores Umbridge. She was, I'm going to say it out loud, I'm going to say it here, mark my words, it's on official record. I hate Dolores Umbridge more than I hate Voldemort. I think everyone <laughs> in the Harry Potter fandom hates Dolores Umbridge more than Voldemort. And if they do not, I will convince you otherwise. <laughs> so, interesting fact. I was talking to somebody about Harry Potter that isn't really, like, a giant fan. And I was watching Order of the Phoenix during the marathon. And he was like, uh, which one is that one? And I was like, with the lady who wears pink. And he was like, I hate that woman. And I was yes. like, it transcends the knowledge fandom. Okay? Like, yes. people who don't even know Harry Potter are like, yeah, I hate Dolores Umbridge. The That's worst. some strong stuff. It is. It's and so I strong. really want to know who the real person is that JK like themed her on, right? Because it was somebody that JK didn't like very much. Yeah, wow. I but she really did not is. like her. Wow. I need to know. Anyways, we'll talk more about Dolores Umbridge in a separate episode. Yeah. Possibly multiple because there's so much hate flying around. <laughs> so much. But, anyways, my whole point with that is the whole rebellion where Hermione's like, this lady, it's, it's not working out for me. Harry, you've got to be our teacher. Yes. And she creates the Dumbledore's army. And does possibly the most savage thing ever <laughs> and hexes that paper. But we'll talk about that also in another episode. <laughs> Marietta Edgecoat, we looking at you, girl. Or Cho Chang in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I wish I would have put Marietta Edgecoat in there. But whatever. It could have happened. It could have. Yeah. We could have seen the hex work out. I mean, it was a great, complex piece of magic. But whatever. We yeah. didn't get it, so... Show must go on. I think one of like the best um, moments that she has while she's creating Dumbledore's army is she's putting. She's so used to being in the spotlight, like she's so used to being yeah. number one, and like she owns up to it. Like she knows, like she's like probably like the best person in her class, and yet 
this is the first time where she's like, no. Harry's the one who knows the defense against the Dark Arts. Yeah. He has faced Voldemort. He is the person that we need to go to for all of this. It's kind, so great. Kind of like how she was the mediator between Ron and Harry in Goblet of Fire. She is the mediator between Harry and then all the rumors that are being put against Harry. Yeah, all the people who hate him. All the people that hate him and don't trust him. Which it's like, again, we're in this boat. Like, we didn't trust him in Chamber of Secrets. He was Slytherin's heir. Proved you wrong. Yeah. Like, come on. We, we've done it so many times. Did it in Goblet of Fire. Come we on, don't bro. like him. And look at that. And look at that. But I think it's... Gotta learn our lesson. When you're 14, 15 years old yeah. and your parents are telling you all these things. Because at that point, it was getting to the Daily Prophet. And now the entire Wizarding World yeah. was distrustful of... Yeah. Harry Potter, so I think it was not really their fault. It just, but still, Hermione was there, and she convinced these people to join and trust Harry, and then step back, like Elizabeth said. But mm-hmm. also through Order of the Phoenix, we add two more things to the very short list of <laughs> things that Hermione sucks at. So she first started struggling with the Patronus charm before. She actually yeah. got the incorporeal. Which is so exciting yeah. to see her struggle with something before she gets yes. it. Because yeah. she always just gets it on the first try. Especially because it's a difficult spell. And not a lot of people remember that. This is a really difficult spell Super to master. Yeah. Like, most 15-year-olds don't know how to perform. Most, most of the seventh years don't know how to do a um, Patronus. Patronus. Patronus charm. Yeah. And then she also... <laughs> she starts knitting socks and hats for Spew... And oh my god, I forgot about this. Yes. Yep. They aren't exactly the cutest things out there to the point that even the elves are insulted. <laughs> so hey, okay, Hermione, I also cannot knit it's or fine. sew or do anything. I'm sure Molly Weasley is not judging her, so it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so two more things into the list. We're not I think that's like at number seven. I don't know who uh, who out there might be counting. Keeping track. Yeah, but let us know what the count is, because clearly we're not doing <laughs> <laughs> So I think the next book is The Half Blood Prince. Well, my know favorite. That the next book. Oh, that's your favorite? It is. It's my also favorite. my favorite. I am always stuck. It is a dead tie between Half Blood Prince and Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, my tie is Half Blood Prince I and don't. Sorcerer. My tie. <laughs> <laughs> the tie for me is between Half Blood Prince and the Sorcerer Stone, and they're. I like them both for very different reasons. Okay, so, the, remember a couple of minutes ago when I told you guys that I get really annoyed by some of the stuff that Hermione does? <laughs> oh, well, here we go. So, in the Half-Blood Prince, there's two things that really bother me. One, the book. The advanced potions-making book and yep. how much she torments Harry about it. Do I think that she was right? Yes. Yes. Was she super annoying? Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then, I guess we can touch on it a little bit later because it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really have a lot to do with her. But if I have to hear one more time about Harry needing to learn occlumency and closing his mind, I swear to God, I'm a punch a, 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 a person. I'm going to punch a person. <laughs> punch a person. I would also like to mention potions, especially in this book, would make it onto the very short list of things that Hermione sucks at. Because I no, disagree. She doesn't suck at it. She's I just think, not as good as the Half-Blood Prince. But that that's the exactly thing. my thought of it. Like, she... This is the first time where she was actually good at something, and then all of a sudden, out of a nowhere, out of mm-hmm. left field, Harry is better better than her. And I, and I think, think it's 
It's not that she's bad at potion making. It's that somebody else is better. So we, we kind of just assume, like, oh, my God, she must be terrible. But it, she's probably still good at it. It might also be that I, I personally feel that the books were outdated. That advanced potion making textbook might have been outdated for that time. Because how could all these tricks um, that the Half-Blood Prince, mm. spoiler alert, Severus Snape, work no, because he was such a... I mean, he's the potions master. But that's what I'm trying to say. You know, if there's a more accurate way to create these potions... But what I'm saying is maybe just Snape was that good. Yeah, I think it's more Snape was that good. Yeah, he was just ahead of his time, bro. I think it was... all. I, I know that I don't like him, so... But you... Think of it in this way. Mathematics. There's two ways to divide. You can do long division, or you can do short division. Hermione was doing long division. Harry Potter was doing short division. Okay. All right, you know, thanks, Professor. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm a teacher, guys. What were you going to say? You've just been taught. I think it's more so that Hermione was just mad that someone actually surpassed her. Yeah. No one has ever surpassed her. Like, Harry already started off being better at flying. Yeah. Whatever. She knew that. Started mm. off being better well, at I defense against saying. the dark arts, and that's fine. Okay. You know, she she knew that some people were better at her than things. Yeah. But this is the first time where she was on top, and someone leveled up. Her insecurity, man, that failure. She saw, like, one of my favorite scenes. Okay, fun fact. I hate the Half-Blood Prince movie. Here we go. We're going to have an argument nope. again. No, nope. It's her favorite book, but she hates the movie. Well, I hate the okay, movie. Listen, and here's let's why. just get it out of the way. Let's just get it out of the way. The movie is bad if you're expecting it to be like the book. So bad. As a standalone movie... It brings me so much joy. Nope. There is so much to laugh at. No. That's a personal preference. Whatever, bro. I'm telling you, if you're not thinking about Harry Potter and you're just watching that movie, it's fantastic. Anyways. His spirit lingers on. <laughs> Anyways. The one scene that I kind of, like, really like in the movie is when Hermione's, like, over the, the potion cauldron. Oh, and her hair. hair just keeps growing yeah. and growing and growing. And I'm like, yes, girl, me too. Yes, girl, me too. <laughs> and that gives her a moment to have comedy because Hermione Granger doesn't have a lot of comedic moments. So when uh, we get them, we need to treasure them. We need to treasure them. It's I because her other it. half, Ronald Weasley, gets them all the time. Mm -hmm. Speaking of her other half, Ron Weasley, can girl. we just mention the oh. what I call the fight of the kisses? Because yes. then... What? <laughs> Because Ron finds out that Victor and Hermione kissed, oh my and that God. was Hermione's first kiss, so Ron just goes begrudgingly into this little tantrum that he has because Why he does Ron? that, Why doesn't even communicate with Hermione, and that basically like pushes Ron to Lavender Brown, yep. and then Hermione is just there... Now fully aware of her feelings for Ron, mm -hmm. yeah, and upset, and which sucks. Now I'm taking. Remember that pin? Yeah, we're taking, taking the pin out. I'm taking the pin out. Yes. Remember that we're talking about all those times that uh, she's really emotionally intelligent and she's able to comp compartmentalize. Yeah, she did it in this moment because and she's she in love. She she's did not because she's in love by her emotions. Yeah. So this was the one moment where she really just like lost it and let her feelings oh, get to her. But the I, birds. I will say too. Oh my god, the birds. But I will say too that I think Ginny pushes him in that direction as well. Because yeah. remember that him and Ginny have that little fight. She's like, it's because you've never snogged anyone. And he's like, oh crap. Gotta go snog somebody. Yes, but. No, I think Hermione has a part to play. He could have smogged Ginny Hermione, but as soon as he found out that Hermione smogged, some, snogged snogged someone else. Snogged. 
<laughs> and that's the thesis. Oh my gosh. I can't. All right, so anyways. Last up, but not least. The Deathly Hallows. Oh man, Hermione MVP. Yeah. MVP. So many feelings in this book. So Hermione. many feelings. I, um, fun fact, I'm just finishing listening to this audiobook. Oh. What a masterpiece. It is. If you, A, have uh, like an indispensable amount of money, then definitely buy the audiobooks. They're fantastic. I listen to them at work because I break a lot and it helps me pass the time. Mm -hmm. What a different perspective it gives you. To listen to those books. Yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. I started I started recently listening to the audiobooks. I just started Search or Stone. Yeah. Um, I do it every, uh, I uh, listen to it every time I fall asleep. And it's hey. just like really, really beautiful way to end the day. Really beautiful way to end the day. Yeah. Okay, so I think obviously the most loyal, Hermione Jean Granger. Mm -hmm. um, loyalty I think obviously all day, every, every day. day. I think she's loyal because obviously she's like, you're not going on this horcrux hunt by yourself. We're coming with you. But then think about it. This man that she's now aware that she has feelings for, he's like peacing out. And she's like, no, I'm just like going to stay here with Harry because I'm loyal AF. Yeah. That's so great. That actually really shows Hermione's character. That could have been a yeah. huge, huge moment yes. for her to just be like, you know what? Yeah. I accept my feelings for Ron. You know, we've struggled so much already. Let me just go with him. Yeah. You know, Harry has not... And she compartmentalizes and she puts it together and she's like, this is way more important. She's putting the wizarding world before herself, basically. I Can I just say, Hermione for me in this book is so emotional. Yes, mm -hmm. I was gonna say that. Because think of everything. Yeah. I think out of everyone, she sacrificed the most. Yes. Yes, Ron left his family, but his family was there. Harry didn't really have a family. Yeah. Hermione literally obliviated her parents, erased every memory of her, yeah. and left thinking that she was probably going to die, mm -hmm. and her parents will never know that she existed. Yeah, she could yeah. have known that her parents, she would find her parents later. She, this was the end-all be-all for her. This was. She could have died and they would have never known. Like, what, I, what I think is crazy in this book is the amount of loss that she must be feeling. Because think about it. I mean, at some point, Rod leaves and she's obviously so emotionally distraught over it. And you're sensing the loss of your parents, really. Because, I mean, even though they're not gone, I mean, you're gone from their lives. So you're feeling that loss mm -hmm. as well. And then you're getting news about people dying, about losing people, people being stuck in Azkaban or, or kidnapped or tortured. Think of all those emotions that she has to be feeling for all three of them, really, to be able to kind of pick up and soldier on and keep fighting the good fight. It's amazing. It's incredible that 17-year-olds yes. are doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, truly, truly incredible. And such a testament to how strong they are as people. Yeah. Do you feel like when Ron comes back and he finds them, her reaction? I mean, what did you think of it? Totally justified. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally justified. Really? Yes. I, I, I'm just realizing right now that I don't know how I feel. Really? Yeah. Because I think it was like a little bit much, but also not really. Like I would have been so mad that he left, 
But I think if he came back, I would have been overwhelmed by that emotion. Like, he's back, he's here, and I can come and deal with this now. Yeah. But I'm, I'm more of, like, a positive sort of person, I guess. No, like, I, I totally understand where Hermione is coming from. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, like, think about it. She's had to, again, compartmentalize that, mm-hmm. that emotion, that feeling that fear that she's had. Like, think of this. They've been doing this for months of Ron being gone, her not knowing if he's alive, if he made it, Mm. thinking that, like, he's never going to come back. That, like, again, she thought at this point she lost him. So, yeah, I I don't know. Just feeling all that loss, I don't know. I I don't think I would have been able to get through it, to be honest. But I think there's also, like, at least one that I can think of. I'm sure there's several. But there's, like, a really cute callback kind of to the Chamber of Secrets where they have to use Polyjuice Potion again. Yes! And I thought it was all like, oh, we came full circle. Look at us. And she did it correctly. And we didn't use cat hair this time. You know, good for her. She learned in five years. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just, like, another example of kind of, like, her bookworm nature saving the day, really. And and then think about it, too. She's able to translate the tales of Beetle the Bard from the runes into, I mean, I don't know, English. So that's also coming in handy, but yeah. she's just such a, a pivotal character. I truly think that this is the book in which Hermione's brains are really, like, showcased. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Hermione had the sense or the foreshadowing, to be able to actually, re- like, think, like, oh, hey, you know, there might be a chance that at this wedding, like, something bad will happen. So let me pack everything we could possibly (laughs) ever need into this magical bag. Into the beaded bag. Let's go. Yes. And she literally was able to save their butts. But it's also funny to me, because it is, I agree with you, where it's one of those books where it is showcased the most of that intelligence, but she's also super wrong in this book where she's like, Harry, the Deathly Hallows are obviously not real. Like, Xenophilius Lovegood is crazy. He's got an erupted horn, and he thinks it's a crumple horn snorkack. These people are out of their minds. And it's like, no, bro, you were wrong. The Deathly Hallows are real. But, I mean, at, at least she keeps us on track with the Horcruxes. So, you know, there's a positive in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, just, I just think she's so amazing. And mm-hmm. she's so strong in this book. Not only Yo, emotionally, nah. but, like, Physically, like the whole scene where she's getting tortured by Bellatrix. Oh my it's god, it's awful. I feel I, like you feel it more in the movie. Yeah, you saw the visual. Really? Yeah, I felt it honestly because I I just watched the movie and now that I'm hearing the book, hearing Jim Dale, right? I think that's yeah. who narrates the yeah. book. Okay. Well, it depends on what version you're but reading, but I think that's the version that I have. Hearing him narrate the way that Ron is reacting to Hermione being tortured, I was literally breaking at like 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, oh my god, we gotta get her out. It's like, it's two perspectives on what's going on, because in the movie you feel it more in Hermione's end, but in the book you feel it more in Ron's end. It's just so cute. Yeah, it's fine. I would also still like to mention... Because this has been a theme throughout, besides the pin, this been a, this has been a theme throughout the entire series of her emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. and she's still level-headed in this scene. She's literally getting tortured, and she still comes up with a fake story about the uh, the sword of the yeah about yeah. the sword. So it's just also she's strong when they are disapparating, mm-hmm. and Ron gets splinched. Oh. And she is literally watching the man that she now knows that she loves. And he's missing, like, a part of his body. And she's crying and hysterical and emotional. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Harry, get the Dittany. 
That's fine. She's so on track. And I think that is almost like the perfect kind of summary of Hermione. It's like, we're going through this super emotional time, but we're going to fix it. We have a solution. Yeah. You know, I actually, if Hermione were to have a muggle job, a lot of people would think like she would be in politics. And like, I know. I see that. I actually picture Hermione as an ER doctor. For sure. Really? Yeah. Think of how level-headed she would really? be with yeah. the craziness coming through yeah. the ER. Yeah. All the, case, I can the see different it. cases that she'll see. Yeah. I can see her being the smartest surgeon in the room, thinking on her feet, defending the people that need to be defended in that situation. Like, all this, I'm literally thinking of, like, Grey's Anatomy <laughs> ER. Yeah. She has the perfect <laughs> skills for it. She, I always nice. thought she would be, like, philanthropic. I mean, she would because I think at the end of the day, that's her best intentions and that's what she's always going to yeah. think about. But she just has the Maybe best skill set she for would be ER surgeon. Like a philanthropic ER surgeon. <laughs> this is the land of free in the spirit time. Certain stuff. I mean, you could do it. Most millionaires and billionaires these days have like seven incomes. Yeah. So she would be an ER doctor and then changing the world. Honestly, the more that we talk yeah. about Hermione, the more I feel like we should rename the books to, like, Hermione Granger <laughs> and those other two kids. Let's, let's, let's think about kidding. it. I'm just kidding. How far would Harry and Ron have gone this whole series without Hermione? Uh, they'd still be stuck. Um, God, what's it freaking called in the first book? The the, the, the vines? Snare. Yes. They'd still be stuck, stuck in Double Snare. Actually, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their corpses would be there. Oh, oh I'm so dark. So I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's true. Thank God for Hermione Granger. Yes, I think she gave. What would Hermione very, do? She gave us a safe space. She paved the path for curly-haired girls and bookworms and bold yes. female characters who aren't necessarily the lead. She's I think so great. Think mm-hmm. about it. Our generation as females growing up with a character that strong in the literature that we held so dear, that yep. has to be why we're strong women. She like, said, it has to yeah. be part of it. She's oh, a precedent. Now you have a huge reason of like wh- why I am who I am today. So and now you short. have all these sorry. And now you have all these strong female characters not only in books and mo- but in movies as well. Now it's like the norm. Yeah. Like, I mean, think about it. I can't think of another female character that I read in a book before Harry Potter that was as strong as she was. Exactly. So thanks for paving the way, dude. Hermione. Love ya. Her <laughs> twins. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. <laughs> if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at the three broom chicks. You can also follow us on Twitter at the number three broom chicks. And go ahead and like us on Facebook, the three broom chicks. Hell yeah. And catch us next time on our next episode where we will be talking about Ronald Billius Weasley. Oh, my The second day. half. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited to finish this half of a whole. Yay! So as always, we are the Three, Three Broom, Broom Chicks. Chicks. And that's the Witchcraft Sis. Bye!